podcast. What's up, everybody, man? This is the creative king, Jordan Turner. And we just got done watching Survivor Series 2020. I'm going to be talking about the good, the bad, and the ugly that took place on this show live from the Thunderdome. Did The Undertaker really retire? I'm going to talk about it coming up next on the Wrestling Takeover Podcast. Yo, 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 yo. Welcome everybody back to the podcast. And welcome to the Wrestling Takeover podcast. I know what you guys are thinking. What am I talking about? Now, I want to make this short and sweet before I continue covering the Survivor Series show. Listen, okay? The Wrestling Takeover podcast is a name that I came up with yesterday. I needed to replace Keep It 100 in the ring because it's too long. And it's not easy for people to say. It's pretty long. So I came up with the name, and that was the replacement name that I came up with. I spoke to some people, man, and they said the name that I chose in regards to Keep It 100 in the ring was too long. And I needed to shorten it, and I needed to find a impactful name. And I thought of the Wrestling Takeover podcast because my method and my mentality is I am going to take over the wrestling community in a creative way in regards to all of my creative ideas and how I would do this and this and this because I talk about myself from a creative standpoint a lot. I give ideas here and there. And so I'm going to be giving you guys my two ideas that I originally came up with. If you guys follow me on Twitter, you guys would know that I pitched two ideas for tonight's Survivor Series, one of them involving The Fiend and The Undertaker, and the other one involving Bianca Belair. They didn't happen. They didn't happen, and I'm going to go over all that and many more in regards to what happened tonight, Survivor Series 2020. Overall, I would say it was a thumbs-up show was Survivor Series. Thumbs-up show. Now, don't get it twisted. There were some things on this show that really irked the shit out of me, and I'm going to talk about it. Now, I don't want to waste enough of you guys' time. You guys know all the social media outlets, you know, business email. Follow me on there, man, if you guys want to send anything in regards to business-wise. Follow it at jordantm at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter. Follow me on IG. Let's get this review popping, man. So we got Survivor Series 2020 with the first match kicking off the traditional five-on-five Survivor Series contest with Team Raw versus Team SmackDown. Representing Team Raw, AJ Styles, Matt Riddle, Keith Lee, Braun Strowman, and Sheamus. Representing Friday Night SmackDown, Seth Rollins, King Corbin, Jay Uso and Kevin Owens 
and fucking Otis. Otis is, I want to make this thing perfectly clear for everybody listening to me. I cannot stand Otis. He's cringe. He did the fucking worm tonight. He popped his belly a little bit. That to me is absolutely cringe. I can't get over it. I don't know why he was in this match. I still don't understand why he is a single star. He needs to go partner up with Tucker Knight again and form heavy machinery, period. Now, we've seen Seth Rollins tonight. Seth Rollins got eliminated first. I was absolutely shocked. I couldn't believe it. He sacrificed himself and got eliminated. Why? It's fairly simple, folks. If you guys have a social media, you guys would know that Becky Lynch is due to have a baby in December. So this was the perfect time for Seth Rollins to get eliminated first and take the couple weeks off and go hang out with his fiance, his wife, Becky Lynch. And that's exactly what's going to happen. When Seth Rollins gets back, I'm not sure what they do with Seth Rollins. I have one pitch idea. Have him feud with Edge. That would be something that I would love to see at WrestleMania. Will it happen? Probably not. Um, it is what it is. But I'm happy that Seth Rollins is going to have a kid. Congratulations to he and Becky Lynch. Some good stuff there. So at first, when he got eliminated, I was scratching my head like, what the fuck? And then it hit me. I was like, oh, yeah, he's having a kid. That makes sense. And I love the way he sacrificed himself. So that was very cool. Now, Seth Rollins was eliminated first. Kevin Owens was eliminated second. Baron Corbin was eliminated third. Otis was eliminated fourth. And Jay Uso was the last man to be eliminated. Team SmackDown defeated Team Raw, where Keith Lee landed a nasty, excuse me, a nasty and just beautiful spirit bomb. Keith Lee absolutely has one of the best spirit bombs in the business. I know that people like Corey Graves tonight mentioned that Montez Ford has the best frog splash in the business. I'm going to go on record right now. Keith Lee has the best power bomb in the business, period. Now, he won for Team Raw. That was great. And Team Raw worked very well together. I was very surprised. I thought we were going to see just tension between teams, you know what I mean, between the team members with the Matt Riddle or Braun Strowman. AJ Styles, we didn't see none of that. I thought we were going to get little feuds out of this Survivor Series match. We didn't get that. Now, I hope the WWE can build on Keith Lee's momentum. You know, he got a new theme song. I feel like I want to touch on that real quick. Keith Lee's new theme song is way better than the first theme song that he had when he first debuted on the main roster. His first theme song on the main roster... Guys, it was fucking awful. It was awful. This one, I could tolerate. It's not the best, but I could tolerate it. Now, the second match, like I said, this match really didn't do nothing for me. It wasn't really anything special. It was kind of boring in some instances. I'm not going to front. Some of these uh, traditional matches kind of bore me sometimes. There's some, you know, there's some traditional five-on-fives where it's pretty exciting, but this one to me was boring as shit. It was boring. Did nothing for me. 
Now, match number two. Now, this match was very exciting. We got the New Day versus the Street Profits. Raw Tag Team Champions versus SmackDown Tag Team Championships. This match was absolutely great. Montez Ford, Corey Graves said it. Oh, he has one of the best frog splashes in the business. Montez Ford is athletic as shit. This man is so athletic. He goes in mid-flight when he does a frog splash. Now, sometimes I feel like he overdoes it with the shot. But that's just me. That's my opinion. Um, The New Day and the Street Profits bring the best out of each other. You can see that during the match. You kind of seen Kofi Kingston kind of be cocky with it. You know what I mean? He was disrespecting Montez Ford. And Angelo Dawkins, his partner, wasn't, you know, he wasn't with that. But I like the story that was being told that the New Day was kind of being cocky with it. You know, and the Street Profits got the best of the New Day. As they beat the New Day. Man, this move was sick. A blockbuster electric chair. Come on, bro. That was sick. You had Angelo Dawkins had Xavier Woods in an electric chair position. Montez Ford going to the top rope and landing a blockbuster. Bruh, that was sick. It was smooth. It was effortless. You got to love it, man. Good stuff from those two tag teams. And I'm going to say something right now. Here's one pitch idea for WrestleMania, Vince McMahon, if you're listening. You're probably not because you probably don't give a fuck. But I'm going to pitch it anyways. They got to have a unification match at WrestleMania. Next year's WrestleMania, we need to see a unification match. They don't have to be in the match. I don't give a fuck who's in the fucking match. I just need a unification match where we get one tag team champion being crowned at WrestleMania. Can you do that for me, WWE? Please? Probably not. But whatever. I'm probably wasting my breath. Um, But it was a great match between the Street Profits and the New Day. Match number three. Bobby Lashley versus Sami Zayn. Ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen. What the fuck was this match? I'm going to do that one more time. Bro, this match. Listen, bro. (laughs) Listen. What the fuck, dude? This match was boring. It was boring as shit. They did nothing. Bobby Lashley and Sami Zayn. Listen, I know people like Sami Zayn, but... His heel tactics, to me, is kind of boring. Like, at first, when he did them, I was like, okay, it's pretty interesting. It's pretty cool. But now it's annoying. I can't stand it. His heel run is just dreadful. It's dreadful. You know what I mean? That's just me. I don't know how you guys feel. Maybe you guys are fans of Sami Zayn. So, it is what it is. If if you're a fan of Sami Zayn, congratulations. I don't hate Sami Zayn. I just don't get it with Sami Zayn, that's all. But Lashley in the Hurt Business, the Hurt Business is one of the best things in WWE. Absolutely one of the best things on Monday Night Raw. But I got to say something, man. The comedy shit 
got to go. There is a place for comedy in WWE, but don't overdo it. Do not overdo it. Like the gobbly goober later on in the night. Come on, dude. No one wants to see the gobbly goober. Our truth? Come on, man. And Tozawa? Come on, bruh. No one wants to see that. Nobody wants to see that. I know everybody that was watching Survivor Series was all putting their heads down in shame. I was too. I was too. Like, what the fuck is this? Bobby Lashley deserves better. Bobby Lashley needs to face a legitimate star for that United States Championship. Maybe Ricochet. I'm not sure because Monday Night Raw really doesn't have a mid-card. Maybe Braun Strowman. Maybe Matt Riddle. You know what I mean? I don't know. It is what it is. So, whatever, bro. Bobby Lashley won. He beat Sami Zayn. Who gives a shit? Now, next match I'm going to talk about, which was the fourth match on the show. When it comes to match quality, this match, I was going to say it was going to be number one, but after the champion versus champion, the world titles, Sasha Banks and Oscar are second. I'm sorry. But this match was great. Asuka and Sasha Banks really have great chemistry. They have outstanding chemistry. They have phenomenal chemistry. Now, the negative is we've seen this match so many times. And as much as I love Sasha Banks and I love Asuka, we've seen it so many times. How many times can we see this match? That's the only negative I'm giving I'm giving this match. Outside of that, this match was great. This match was great. Sasha Banks and Asuka are so underrated in storytelling, it's not even funny. I love that both women showed emotion facially. Asuka had many chances to beat Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks had many chances to beat Asuka, and they couldn't do it. And then that's when their emotion came into play. I love it. It was great shit. Great stuff by Sasha Banks and Asuka. Two of the very best in the pro wrestling game. You might not be a fan of Sasha Banks. Get over it. You need to respect the blueprint. You need to respect that woman and what she does inside that ring. Same goes for Asuka. You need to respect Asuka. Now, I know there's a lot of people that are fans of Asuka, so I don't want to come dig at you guys. But for the people that are out there that hate Sasha Banks for some reason, get over it. Start respecting this woman. Period. There's my little rant. If you didn't like this match, I don't know what the fuck to tell you when it comes to a Sasha Banks match. Sasha Banks always has good matches. Good to great matches. Especially if she's in the ring with someone that is on the same level or maybe a little bit more inferior to her. 
Some good stuff between Sasha Banks and Asuka. Sasha Banks winning, man. It was the right call, guys. It was the right call. She needed that win more than Asuka. Desperately. She just won the title with Hell in a Cell. She's riding on this momentum. She's in a feud with Carmella. You know what I mean? They're going to have a match at TLC for sure. Sasha Banks has been getting attacked by Carmella for weeks now. Sasha Banks needed a win. Now, she didn't beat, you know, Asuka kind of cleanly. You know what I mean? Rolling up Asuka. But that was the only way to beat Asuka. I'm happy that Sasha Banks won. Sasha Banks needed to defeat Asuka. I believe Sasha Banks is 0-3 or 0-2 against Asuka. She has not beaten Asuka. So she desperately needed a win, and she got it tonight. I love it. Match five. Traditional five-on-five. Oh, my God, bro. Oh, my God. WWE. Hmm. All right. Before I kind of go on a tangent here, Team Raw, Nia Jax, Shayna Baszler, Lana, Lacey Evans, Peyton Royce versus Team SmackDown. Bailey, Bianca Belair, Natalia, Ruby Riot, and Liv Morgan. Ladies and gentlemen, Lana. Ladies and gentlemen, Lana, CJ Perry did nothing in this match. Absolutely nothing. And guess what? She won. Bianca Belair had a star-making performance, and it meant nothing. It meant nothing. Nia Jax and Bianca Belair got counted out. Guess what? Guess where Lana was? On the steel steps, she was the last member remaining on Team Raw. WWE, I understand you want to build up Lana as a sympathetic babyface. But you have absolutely degraded Lana. You've made Lana into a clown. You have. You have. You've had everybody on Team Raw degrade and disrespect Lana. And actually, when I was watching it, I thought it was fucked up. Character or not, you should not be doing that shit. Miro is gone. Get over it. Get over it. He's gone. He's not coming back. Stop degrading CJ Perry. Stop it. It doesn't make you guys look good at all. Oh, she got a win. Woo, woo, woo. She didn't do nothing. That was the point. Okay. But Lana, her star didn't rise. Her star didn't fall either. She's still in the middle. Like, and you made Bianca Belair do all that shit for nothing. Nothing. I don't want to hear, oh, Bianca Belair's star was shining bright tonight, Jordan. No, I feel you, dog. I feel you on that. But you got to think about it. Why would you have Bianca Belair do all that to lose? And don't come to me and say, oh, but she was counted out. She wasn't pinned. I don't give a fuck if Bianca Belair was submitted, pinned, or fucking counted out. She lost. You guys don't understand that. She lost. 
Now, I pitched an idea of her and Bailey. If you guys follow me on Twitter, you guys know exactly what idea I pitched involving Bianca Belair and Bailey. It didn't happen tonight. So my idea, I'm 0-1. Okay. I'll be 0-2 at the end of the fucking night. I'll explain that later. But right now, we're talking about this woman 5-on-5. Natalia, worthless. She's boring as fuck. I'm sorry. If you are a fan of Natalia, I'm a fan of Natalia. I respect the shit out of Natalia. But man, is she boring. I even tweeted it out on Twitter tonight. She's boring. Every motion she does is boring. The way she comes off when she talks trash to women is so forced. She's just, I don't believe anything she does. Verbally, I just don't. Now, inside the ring, she's a good wrestler. No cap. She's a good wrestler. But she's slow and methodical and it's just boring. So I'm giving her credit, but I'm kind of disrespecting her a little bit. I'm just a fan. I'm giving you my, my views and opinions on what I'm watching. Natalia is boring in the ring. This was all about Lana. This was not all about Bianca Belair. Bianca Belair comes second. You know why? Everybody is going to be talking about Lana. Where do they go after this with Lana? What happens? All I know is, WWE, I need you to listen to the words that are about to come out of my mouth. Bianca Belair needs to win the 2021 Royal Rumble. She didn't win tonight, but she has the momentum. Build on that for a feud with Bailey. Have Bianca Belair beat Bailey, take that momentum into the Royal Rumble. She duplicates her performance from last year. When's the 2021 Women's Royal Rumble? She comes out at number one or number two like she did last year. She wins the whole thing. It's Charlotte Flair and Bianca Belair as the last two women. Bianca Belair eliminates Charlotte Flair. Bianca Belair wins the Women's Royal Rumble, goes on to WrestleMania to battle Sasha Banks. I don't want to hear none of this shit about Carmella beating Sasha Banks. Oh, woo, woo, woo. Nah, no, I don't want to see that. I'm enjoying what they're doing. I don't want to see that, though. You guys don't want to see that. And for the people out there that I that actually do want to see that, God bless you, but come on, bro. Let's be real. Let's be real. Sasha Banks is trying to take over, no pun intended. She's trying to take over the women's division. But Bianca Belair is coming. She's coming. WWE, I know my ideas are good. Don't front. It's okay. But everybody and their mother on social media is wanting Bianca Belair versus Sasha Banks at WrestleMania for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Do it. Now, the next match, man, we got pretty much in this case, it's the main event of the show. We got Drew McIntyre versus Roman Reigns. The Universal Champion versus the WWE Champion. What a fucking match, man. This match was absolutely phenomenal, man. Great storytelling. 
every time Roman Reigns is in a ring, I need you guys to listen and pay attention to what he's saying and doing. I even tweeted that out on Twitter. I said every time Roman Reigns is in the ring, he tells a story. I've said it for a long time now, guys. Storytelling is key. You can have a great match, but if there's no story, and don't lie to me either, it's hard to get invested, huh? It really is. Now tonight, Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre told a story, and they had one of the best matches of the year. This match, I'm speaking in just pro wrestling in general, not just WWE. They had one of the best matches of 2020. This is a match of the year contender. Period. Roman Reigns is absolutely phenomenal, man. I love when he talks to himself and he's talking to his opponent. Just some great stuff. Drew McIntyre is a gladiator. This guy's a warrior. And he put out a great effort and a loss. But the one negative in this match is Jey Uso. Why did Jey Uso come out? That match was going so smoothly until Jey Uso came out. And I was like, what? Come on, man. That was totally unnecessary. Good match. Great match to some people. I say great match. I'm in that ballpark. But what a weird ending, man. What a weird ending. Now, let's talk about this uh, this uh, final shit that we've seen. Undertaker. Ladies and gentlemen, The Undertaker is the goat in my eyes. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. I don't care who you bring up to me. The Undertaker, in my personal opinion, is the goat. He is the standard. He is the measuring stick. Simple. 30 years of greatness. Three generations. You have to be kidding me. Did he retire tonight? That is the question. Well, I mean, in WWE's eyes, it looked like he retired. And if he did, The Undertaker, I'm going to go on the network and I'm going to watch a lot of Undertaker matches, a lot of Undertaker moments. Did I tear up? No. Because I thought this wasn't an actual retirement. I was waiting for two people, The Fiend and Alexa Bliss, because I went on Twitter a week and a half in advance before Survivor Series, and I said, Bray Wyatt needs to come out, and he needs to attack everybody that was going to be on the ring. All the men that were in that ring tonight, the Fiend should have taken out some of them backstage and the rest of them in the ring with Alexa Bliss. It didn't happen. So when I was watching The Undertaker just walk around the ring and, and pounce and all this other stuff while he was coming out, I'm thinking to myself, and I was thinking to myself saying, where's The Fiend? Where's the, I feel like I said, where's The Fiend like 30 times. Where's the fiend? Where's the fiend? Where's the fiend? He goes up the ramp as the show's going to close. This would be a perfect time for the fiend to come out. Where's the fiend? Where's the fiend? Where's the fiend? The credits roll. No fiend. Where do they go from here? 
I have no idea. I can't answer you that. I really can't. I don't even know. I don't even think Mark Calloway, the Undertaker, knows. Is he legitimately retired? We don't know. We don't. The Undertaker, tonight, it looked like he actually is retiring. Does Vince McMahon know the Undertaker's retiring? Man, Vince McMahon's probably thinking, oh, yeah, I'm going to flesh out some cash for Taker. One more match. We don't know. We might not ever hear from the Undertaker ever again until he might go on the Stone Cold Steve Austin podcast and announce that he is officially retiring from the business of professional wrestling. And if that is the case, I'm going to be sad. I'm going to be very just kind of depressed because I've watched this man grow up. Or I, I've, I've watched, listen, what I meant to say was, while I was growing up, I watched him. Because I started watching professional wrestling in 1999, the middle of the Attitude Era. The middle and end of the Attitude Era. I started watching professional wrestling. The Undertaker, along with Kane, Triple H, Shawn Michaels, The Rock, Stone Cold, and then years down the line, Randy Orton, an edge. I look up to these guys. These guys are my idols. I didn't grow up in the 80s. I grew up in the 90s, but I grew up in the late 90s. I didn't start watching professional wrestling until like the later part of 1999, early 2000s. But The Undertaker, man. What a generational talent. What an OG, what an original gangster, like Snoop Dogg said in that live stream, man. Shout out to Snoop Dogg, man. He and Taker had a live stream, man. It was great. But is this officially the end of The Undertaker? That is the question. I'm going to give you guys an answer. I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. If you guys know me, I'm up front. I'm blunt. I keep it real. I don't dance around the topic. I don't dance around the answer like some people in the community. I don't think he's retired. No. My answer is no. I think we will have one more match with The Undertaker. Who was that against? I don't know. All I know is he will have one more match. Now, overall, trying to take a deep breath here. Overall, Survivor Series was worthless. Nothing was on the line. That's two negatives right there. A positive, great matches tonight. But go figure. The Undertaker, I will give that a positive. Okay, so there's a positive there. There's two positives, two negatives. Where are we going after this? Storyline-wise, where are we going? Well, I believe we're going to get... You know what, man? Yeah, I'm going to think ahead. I'm going to think ahead. I think we're going to get Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus for the WWE Championship. Roman Reigns, 
I have no idea. I don't know. Sasha Banks, we're going to get Carmella. Seth Rollins is going to be gone. The Raw Tag Team Championships, the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. I have no earthly idea what happens there. Sami Zayn, I don't know. Bobby Lashley, I don't know. What's going on with The Fiend? Why didn't The Fiend show up tonight? Are we going to get an explanation as to why The Fiend didn't show up in that opening, or not opening, that uh, closing segment with The Undertaker tonight? Why didn't he show up? Will we get a reason as to why he did not show up tonight? Is this really the end for The Undertaker? Is this the end for Mark Calloway? All that, man. We're going to find out as the weeks roll on, as we head into TLC, the last pay-per-view of 2020. Is the WWE going to end the year out with a bang? Or are we going to end 2020 as we usually do when WWE slow, methodical, cool, and collected? With TLC not even mattering. As Survivor Series didn't matter tonight either. But at least for TLC, there's going to be titles on the line. This is the Creative King. I'm dropping the mic on the podcast. Y'all take care. And remember, take over anything you do in life. Take over. That's what I'm going to do on this podcast each and every day, each and every week. I'm going to take over from a creative standpoint. Catch y'all later. 17 shots, no 38. Yeah, I got the Glock in my robbery. 17 shots, no 38. Yeah, she's fine.